0: I almost forgot my lead-in. How could I forget we're a family? I told them, don't forget to put that on. And I was so eager to get up here, I forgot myself. Thank you, God, for this privilege that you have given me this morning to deliver your word. And I pray, God, that it would not just be words, but it would be life-changing. Thank you, God, for the family. I've learned been learning more and more to appreciate this family that you have put together. And now, Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand what it means to be part of the family and the function and the roles. In your name we ask it. Amen. We are family, and this is the third uh, message in this series on the family. This morning we're looking at family roles. When you look at the family, is it Serve me or is it to serve others? Serve or be served. So this morning, I wonder what your role is in your family. Everyone has a role. Not only am I the greatest father and greatest husband, (laughs) little humor, but I'm also, I'm the maintenance. My role, one of my roles is the maintenance man, takes care of our fleet of vehicles in our family. My wife has a car, Matthew has a car. Gary has a car, Kelsey has a car, and I have <clears throat> none of your business how many I have. i got enough. But I'm the maintenance man. I take care of the oil changes. When lights come on that don't belong, I take care of that. And and the tires switching from summer to winter and winter to summer. And all the other, et cetera, et cetera, The worst thing I can hear, one of the things that I dread is, Dad, I hear a strange noise. I know that for the next couple hours, the maintenance man is going to take care of that. And that's me. What's your role in your family? What is it that they come to you for and say, you do such a good job at this, and will you take care of this? What do you feel under heaven before God that God has said, this is your role, this is what you're responsible for? What's your role? Every family member has a particular role to play. Each person must do their part. You know something that ladies can't do at all? And all the ladies said? Amen. Amen. The men need to chip in too. So because of that, I'm going to share with you this definition of barbecuing. It's the only type of cooking a real man will do. When a man volunteers to do the barbecue, the following chain of events is put into motion. Number one, the woman goes to the store. Number two, the woman fixes the salad the vegetables and the dessert. Number three, the woman prepares the meat for cooking, places it on a tray along with the necessary cooking utensils and takes it to the man who is lounging beside the grill. Number four, the man places the meat on the grill. Number five, the woman goes inside to set the table and check the vegetables. Number six, the woman comes out to tell the man that the meat is burning. Number seven, The man takes the meat off the grill and hands it to the woman. Number eight, the woman prepares the plates and brings them to the table. Number nine, after eating, the woman clears the table and does the dishes. Number ten, everyone praises the man and thanks him for the excellent barbecue. And I say, is this a great life or what? You can't complain about that. (laughs) I'm so glad I'm a man. Where would we men be without our wives? Oh man, I would certainly be lost without mine. Family health requires family involvement. For a family to be functional, healthy, and strong, for a family to be happy, for a family to be maturing and growing properly the way God wants it to, for all the needs to be met. And if your home is going to be that special haven in the midst of a chaotic world, every person needs to be a giver and not a consumer. Not a sponge that soaks everything in, but rather a watering can that is eager to pour out. A caring for each other that shows in action form. It takes time. It takes sweat. It takes energy. It takes commitment. For families to be healthy. Healthy families are no accident. Healthy families are not automatic. But it takes a team effort. It takes a joint effort. It takes 100% involvement from every person in the home, in the family, to do their part. When it comes to an organization, I recently read this. There are the four main bones. There's the wishbones. bones. That's those who wish somebody would do something about the problem. Then there's the jaw bones, doing all the talking but very little else. Then there's the knuckle bones, those who knock everything. Then there's the backbones, bones, those who carry the brunt of the load and do most of the work. If those four bones are operating like that in your family, I want you to know you will not function as a healthy family for very long. When it comes to the church... I read this a long, long time ago. 20% of the believers do 80% of the work. You've heard that before. That is actually true. Now, something else goes along with it is this that I've heard many, many times over. If you want something done in the church, ask someone who's already overworked, worn out, and almost burnt out. If you ask them, surely they'll do it. Is it just me or is it something wrong with that picture? Try that at home. Try that in your family home setting and your family will not remain healthy for very long. Something is going to give. Your health will give out. The family health will give out. Overload signs will erupt. Irritability will surface. Yet many churches have functioned like this for years. 20% doing 80% of the work. Too few people doing a lot of work. Many, many churches are trying to function that way today as I speak. To burn out for Jesus is not a compliment to your commitment for Jesus. Nor does it benefit the church. In fact, to burn out for Jesus and to have that kind of a mentality is actually, I believe, spiritual stupidity. Here's another one that I've read, and it's really a dumb saying. It says, I'd rather burn out for Jesus than rust out for Jesus. That is so dumb. I hope you agree with me. It's just dumb. I've been there in the 90s where... Doing too much as a pastor. I'm glad I survived the 90s. Learned the lessons of trying to do it all in the church. Oh, Gary can do it. I remember one time I painted, painted 85 chairs in the church parking lot. I got the deal on these chairs. A dollar each. Oh, that was good for the church. I put 85 of them out in the parking lot. Got my spray gun. I painted every one of those. People could drive by, is there a meeting in the parking lot or what? Then one time we had a 60-passenger bus. I painted the whole bus. I don't know, I wouldn't do that. I, I'd get some help. I got up on the roof, got my spray gun and started at the top. Worked my, you know, I got the big bus. Taped everything up. Recreation white, I painted it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that was too smart. And I remember the 90s, the 90s where I could do it all. And I remember all of a sudden, I could not sleep. Went on for days. My mind would not shut off. I know what it's like to get to the point where you just find yourself almost ready to crash. I've learned since then to pace myself. I've learned since then to ask for help. I have learned since then to even let some things go as hard as it is. If it doesn't get done, if you don't have the help, let it go. I have to. If I'm in this for the long haul, I have to. I've learned to be content with what I'm able to accomplish, and that's it. No person can do it all for long. lesson I had to learn. Now, when Jesus told the disciples to go into all the world, he said, I want you to go preach the gospel. Declare the good news. He knew there would be results. Oh, he knew that. He knew that there'd be followers. He knew there'd be people, groups assembling together. He knew there'd be specialized ministries. He knew there'd be ongoing needs. He knew there'd be growth. He knew there'd be buildings to maintain. He knew there'd be people to care for. He knew there'd be small groups in Calvary Temple. Yes, he did. He knew there'd be EAL at Calvary Temple. Yes, he did. He knew there'd be nursery classes in Calvary Temple, nursery place for the little ones to go to. He knew there'd be kids' church at Calvary Temple. He knew there'd be worship teams. He knew there'd be kingdom expansion. He knew that people would be needed. He knew that as this church begins to grow, there's going to be A need for many, many people to be involved. And Paul deals a lot with the involvement of people in the body of Christ in the family. Jesus knew that. It's going to take people to run this. The Great Commission in Matthew 28. Accompanied by the power of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Produced great people results. In fact, the Bible says in one sermon one day, as you know this as well. 3,000 people came to Jesus. How many know when 3,000 people come to Jesus, there's going to be some ministry needed. There's going to be some small groups needed. There's going to be some leadership needed. There's going to be some lay people that's got to come alongside and say, let's, let's uh, operate the way we should in giving care to these people. So we get to Acts chapter 6 and verse 3. When they say we're growing and we're not meeting the needs, followers are increasing and we're falling behind, what are we going to do? We've got some gaps that need filling. And as I read this this past week again, I knew the need. I've read that before, but this word jumped out at me. Acts chapter 6 and verse 3 is the word responsibility. It's there in Acts chapter 6 and 3. Responsibility. In other words, go get some help. In other words, share the load. In other words, ask others to come alongside to help in this ongoing, growing family and ministry. Well, that's what they did. Share the load. Share the rewards that go with it. They did, and the Bible says that when they did that, the Word of God, the body of Christ, the family continued to grow and flourish. If they were not to do that, it would have stifled the growth of the church. Now, we all know that Moses ran into that problem. In the Old Testament, Acts chapter 18, the Bible says he was wearing himself out. His wise father-in-law came to him and said, listen, what you're doing, Moses, sun up to sundown, down, listening to all these things, all these needs, what you're doing is not too wise. You've got to get yourself some help. Wise, wise father-in-law. Moses took his advice and he went and he got some help. And when he got some help, the family began to continue to grow and flourish and and do what it was called to do, function properly and healthy. Moses had to discover that. Just ask, just ask. Church growth and church health is stifled unless there is shared believer responsibilities and involvement. And this is the part, when I think of the shared responsibilities and gifts and talents, abilities coming together, this is the part that really, really excites me when it comes to believers and the family. Everyone is unique, everyone is special, and everyone is needed. Now take our pastoral staff, for example. If Pastor Vern was to drop his briefcase as he's walking through the church, every piece of paper would fall out in single file. Yeah. And if Pastor Ruth could only find it within herself to be in a bad mood, just once. I've been here ten years, I have not seen her in a bad mood yet. I, I'm convinced she's just not there. And my son, take my son, for example. If you just show a little more emotion. He's cool as a cucumber. Doesn't take after me for sure. I'd take him to an auction one time. And I'm just, you know, I'm just so intense and so, you know, just I can't sit in a chair when I go to these auctions. I've got to stand. I'm vibrating. And so I say, Gary, we're, all, we're almost to the car that, that we want. It's 20 away. Just relax. I know that, but we're almost there. Cool as cucumber. Pastor Cher, if she, if I, she always wants a spotlight. Where is she? If I could share it with me, please, Cher. And me, I drive them all crazy with my perfectionist ways. They say that's a bit of a disorder, but I don't know. I don't know. I just like to have the pulpit lined up with this every Sunday. But I don't know if that's a disorder or not. What I'm saying is we're all so unique. We're all so special. And we come together as a staff family. And we bring all of our gifts and our strengths and our abilities. Each one compl- complicates? <laughs> complicates the other, I guess, at times. We complement each other and the work of the ministry gets done. We need each other. And I love this, it's exciting about the the staff, the family God has brought together. We're all different, totally different. Wouldn't it be awful if they were all like me? Yeah, you I know you there's no answer to that one. You don't agree. (laughs) Oh, you know something that staff family now. What it does is it spills out over into the entire congregational family. Everyone is needed. And this, again, is what thrills me about the church body that Jesus began. Everyone has a place in the lineup. Everyone can feel a part of the overall excitement of ministry. There's nothing like putting your hand to the plow, being involved in the ministry, and when things are going great and things are going well, you say, I've had a hand to play in that. I've got a part to play in that. I can share in the rewards. I can share in the victories. I can share in the triumphs. I'm a part of it. I'm part of the team. I'm part of the family. Everyone has a position that only they can fill. Oh, let me tell you, encourage you this way this morning. You're like one spoke in a bicycle wheel. Without you, the rim just will not be well-rounded. Oh, you're like the key, one key on a key chain. Without you, the door just will not open. Oh, you're like one moving part in a running motor. Without you, the motor will certainly seize up and be of no value. Oh, you're like one rung on a ladder. Without you, there really is nowhere to go. Oh, you're like one ingredient in, a, in the old Henry bar. Without you, there's no nuts. A little humor. I hope you take it that way. I just had to throw it in there. I longed for this moment when I could say that. I like it. Oh, you're like the sugar in my coffee. Like I had this morning. I thought of you when I put my sugar in the coffee. Without you, there's no flavor. Oh, you're so needed in this family. You're so needed. Every person has a place, a role in this great family called the church. Oh, you're as unique. And different and needed as each part of your body is. And that's in the Bible. First Corinthians 12 and verse 12 tells us that your body is one unit, but it has so many different needed parts. There's the hands, the feet, the mouth, the ears, and the legs, the eyes, the nose, the arms. How can you say mouth? You don't belong here. There's no place for words here. No, it doesn't fit. It's different, but it's needed. And God says that's just the way it is in the church family. There's diversity. The church body is not just one big eye. But it's many, many parts. Needed parts coming together. Oh, that's what I love about the church. I'm glad that we're not cookie cutter people. I'm glad God didn't just make us all the same. I would hate to meet somebody else like me. Fair would love to meet somebody else like her. <laughs> no, they'd steal the spotlight. I'm just joking, you know that. I'm just joking with her. How many know that men or ladies are different than men? Have you realized, have you figured that out yet, that they are different from men? They're married almost 30 years, and I recognize it finally. I'm slow, but I get it after a while. Men are different. Then ladies, ladies are different than men. A man has only six items in the bathroom. He's got a toothbrush, he's got a toothpaste, he's got a razor, he's got shaving cream, he's got a bar of soap from Holiday Inn, and he's got a towel. That's all he needs. Now, the ladies. The average lady has 337 items in the bathroom, many of which men have never heard of, let alone try to name them. Oh, we're so different. We're so different. Men, we just get up on our own, on our own accord, and go to the bathroom. But men, ladies, they have to check around, build up a team. And they have to say, let's wait, let's see how many we can get. Once they get enough people surrounding them, okay, now let's all go together. Like they need the support of each other. Then they all go and the men just, I just go on my own when I have to go. But <laughs> then they come back smelling... They take the purse, too. Yeah, Take the purse and bump the guy in the head. And say, Boy, bye. Hopefully it's a husband. And they come back and they smell so nice. Men are so different than ladies. Ladies are different than men. But only a delusional man would ever say, I don't need my wife. Man, we'd be like lost puppy dogs. I'd be one of them. Honestly, they're needed in our homes. We need to identify the differences and then say, but we're so needed. We're family. We're one. We're so needed. It's the same with the church. Same as the church. We're so different. We're so needed. Romans 12 verse 5 says, so in Christ we who are many form one body. All these differences together makes the church family sparkle and shine. Just like a diamond under these lights, I used to like the night. Sit in church. Nothing. There's nothing like the lights in the sanctuary that makes your diamond sparkle, ladies. And and Paul says that's kind of like the church when it's functioning together. It sparkles and it shines and it gets the job done. Ministry is hopping. People are happy, and the the kingdom of God is advancing. Each one has a purpose, has a place. We're just one, not many, but one nothing like the church when each person not only takes a place in their pew, but takes a place in their ministry. Until they fill their role and fill their place, it's empty of them. I believe that. There's a a spot for you. There's a place for you. And if you don't fill it, it, it ends up not being filled. Or maybe God moves on to somebody else. Maybe He does. Or maybe just the ministry doesn't happen. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says that we are all God's workmanship. We're made by him, created in Christ Jesus. Why? To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That means action. We're his workmanship. He created us to do good things. He created us to be involved in ministry. He created us to be part of the family, not just in a, in a role as a name. I'm on the role, but I'm involved in, by way of what I do. John chapter 13, after Jesus served his disciples by washing their dirty, dusty, ground-in feet, muddy feet. After he washed their feet, he looked in his disciples straight in their eyes and he said, now I want you to go and do likewise. Don't just observe what I have done. Watch it and say, well, that looks good. I'm glad you did it, not me. But now I want you to go and serve somebody else. Do it. As I have done for you. It doesn't work very well in a home family, as you know, when if everybody's sitting back waiting to be served. It doesn't work. It becomes non-functional. Same with the church. Jesus said to his disciples, now that you know these things in John thirteen, seventeen, you'll be blessed if you do them, not just if you think about it, but you'll be blessed now if you do it. So When I was working on this sermon last Monday, I kind of wanted to bring it together in the end. Okay, we know all these things. I understand these things, but how do we understand some of the processes to it? And so I found myself going into Romans chapter 12, which I've read many, many times, and you have too. Read it over prayerfully. God, show me something. I know there's gifts and strengths and talents. listed there. Show me some points here. So I got six points. That Romans 12, I believe, takes us through a process to finding and maintaining our role in the church family so that we can serve it up well for the glory of God and His advancing kingdom. Chapter 12 of Romans begins number 1. As I read it over and over a few times, this is what came to my mind. Number 1 is the offering. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, we have the offering where Paul says these words, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And I thought to myself, this is the offer. If you can't get to the offering, if you don't offer yourselves to God, nothing else is going to happen. That's got to be number one. Or something will happen that is not of God. But the first thing you do is you come before God, you give yourselves as an offering. God, I give myself totally to you. If there's going to be a ministry, if there's going to be an involvement, a role in the body of Christ that God wants you to fill, and if you're going to do it as to the Lord for the right purpose, the right reasons, the first thing you got to do is offer yourself and say, God, whatever you want. Secondly, when I read chapter 12, the first part of verse 2, this has got to be the refusal. Where it says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of of your mind. We all know that believers still wrestle with the enemy. The believers still wrestle with the flesh. And this has got to be the second point where we just refuse to allow the flesh to dictate to us what we're going to be doing. We've given ourselves to God as an offering. We're going to be of service to Him. And we're going to resist, resist, resist that old flesh. Resist and refuse to let it govern your life. Be strong when it comes to this flesh of yours. Thirdly, process is the discovery. Romans 12 the second part. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. Test. This is when you begin to embark on Discovery. You're not quite sure where it is that God may want you, but how many know if you don't put one foot in front of the other, you can just stand still and do nothing? Test. Stand out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. If it doesn't work, there'll be something else. You're testing. Is this where he wants me? And we need to to give people the, the freedom to do that. Just try something for a couple of months. Try something for a few weeks. Just try it. See if it fits for you. Number three. Well, oh, that was number three. Number four. The perspective. Romans 12 and 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do, think, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Nothing will destroy a ministry like somebody's full of themselves. Nothing will. Paul is saying you just have to have the right view of yourself. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. I would say it this way. We've got to have a humble confidence that I know this is where God wants me. Now I've tested, I found it, and I must rely totally upon Jesus to get this job done to get this ministry done, to complete this, so many lives will be transformed. I must not think too high of myself, but I must think enough of myself to have confidence, but to be humbly submissive to God. Say, so, Lord, I need you. Keep me balanced. This is what's going to be happening in the process of finding your role in the church family. Number five, as I read down to t- verses four to eight, was the possibilities. Chapter... 12 verses 4 to 8. Here are the possibilities. Just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophecy, let him use it for the... in the proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him give diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. I want you to notice the words, if it is. If it is. Here's the possible. It may be in here, and it may not. It may be something else. But I'm convinced that there are as many giftings in the church as there are needs in the church. If it's this, do that, here are some examples. Here are some possibilities of what you can do in the body, in the family. And lastly, once we do all these things, once you've got your place, found your role, if you're going to continue, and I'm not going to read all these scriptures, but if you go down to verse 9 to the end of verse 21, this has got to be what it's going to take if we're going to continue in ministry. If we can't be uh, receptive of this and be working on these things, then we're not going to last too long in ministry. You read it over when you go home. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another. Keep your spiritual fervor. Be hopeful in joy. Patient in affliction. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do... All those things are qualities that we have to have if we're going to continue in the ministry and the giftings that God has placed us in in the church family. So I, I just want to leave those with you today. It just really spoke to me as I read Romans 12 begin to put some of those headings down. Yeah, this has got to be it. If we want to start well, finish well, if we want to do ex things with excellence, have the right spirit, have the right kind of a call upon our lives and have been a usable place for God to to have us function. We've got to have six these six things going for us. So the question is as I close, it's not well Should I be involved in the church family, but what should I do in the church family? Not should I, but what is it that I should do? I encourage you, take your newsletter. It really is a connection print. It's a way for you to connect. It's a way for you to see what the church is doing and ministries that are there. And, And if you could take that and look through that connection print and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? Here it is. Here's a good place to start. And if it's not there, and you feel God placing it upon your heart to start something, speak to us. But you start here and say, well, here's the the newsletter. Here's all these different ministries. And God, what is it? Where is it? Because I want to be involved in my family. My family. It connects you, and there's nothing no one that gets to share and experience the joy and exhilaration of victory like those who have said, I had a part to play in that. I had my sweat in there. I had my commitment in there. When the church succeeds and grows, it's because everyone has found their place. It's not because of one person at all. It's because it's a joint effort. The whole body is a family and we get together and we push and we do and we minister and then we get to celebrate and clap together as we thank Jesus that lives are being transformed. And that is what it's all about. Stand with me. That's what it's all about. Someone's, I read this last week, the workplace sign. We've, we've all seen it. The boss is coming. Look busy. Someone came up with a bumper sticker that said, Jesus is coming. Look busy. And you like that? Isn't that cute? Haven't you heard that before? Nobody. Good. It's nice and fresh. Jesus is coming. Look busy. I know it's more to that than that, but I just thought it was cute. Where do we start today? as Pastor Sherry leads us in the song, why not start with just however you want to do it. You might want to raise your hand. Offer yourself as
1: an offer.
0: Whether you're in already involved in ministry, know exactly, it's good to go back. Offer yourself a, as an offer. If you're not in ministry and you want to be a part, this is the first place it has to start. I give myself to you. What is it? Where is it? You have me be. So do that as you sing and then I'll close in prayer.
1: Sing this together. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy
0: oh God, oh God, help us, Lord, this morning to be sensitive, 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 sensitive to the spiritual dimension. Oh God, oh God, oh God, how we need you and how we together need you. And Lord, I, I pray this morning, this has been a kind of a, a series that we've gone back and forth, the family, home families, the church family, and I pray, God, in some way that it has ministered to those people Families as well about their own homes and the importance of roles, the importance of being involved, the importance of not just letting one person do it all, but Lord, it's all about health in the family as well, the home family. But God, also, that carries over in such a marvelous way into the church family. Help us, God, to realize in the church family we're needed. And that can be a very, very special, special knowledge that comes to us maybe today that I am needed I have a role to play and I can do something great and significant for the Lord I can be involved and I am wanted God help us as we find our ways this September and prepare ourselves this month of September for like a launching pad that will lead us into greater and mighty miracle, a miracle territory into the future of what God will do through us as we work together as a united family united on the home front. Now, God, I recognize in the family there's also needs. There's also hurts. And part of the ministry of the family is to pray for each other, to uphold each other, to to kind of carry the weight with them, praying one for another that there would be healing. And so, God, I thank you for this next aspect of our service as we close, as we open it up for members of the family that need ministry. That describes you this morning. We encourage our prayer teams to come right now. And as they come, if you would like to receive ministry as, I, as we close in prayer, we want you to come. And they'll be glad to minister to whatever needs you might have this morning. In Jesus' name. So God, I pray your hand would be upon us as we go our ways. May we experience the blessings of the Lord to find our way by the grace and strength of God. In your name we ask. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed, or if you need prayer, please come, and we'd be glad to pray with you.
1: We stand and lift up our hands, for the joy of the Lord is a strength. Ship